This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. Good afternoon on this Monday. Trust you had a, a nice weekend. Hope you did. Libby should be back with us tomorrow. City of Toronto, as Michael Kramer pointed out, has unveiled its uh, plan for homeless shelters the end of last week. And now there's this report that Michael uh, was talking about. City might be attempting to buy Toronto's Plaza Hotel, situated in the 401-400 neighbourhood. Since last year, cities used the hotel to house newly arrived refugees and homeless families from the Fred Victor Centre. Uh, city has a deal with a private contractor to house and feed around 500 who are staying there. And a lawyer for a businessman who's connected to both the private contractor as well as the hotel owner claims that the city has made one attempt to buy the Plaza Hotel. So would this be a good investment for taxpayers? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And joining us on the line is Kira Hynek, Executive Director of the Toronto Alliance to End Homelessness. Good afternoon, Kira. Good afternoon. So, did we lay it out without getting too caught up in a lot of numbers and too many players? Is that a decent enough overview to give people an idea where things uh, stand as far as the the players? In terms of the Plaza Hotel situation, um, I would say I would just... The one small correction, I suppose, is that it's no longer the Fred Victor Centre that is running that program. Uh, Fred Victor, as well as many other agencies, may refer people to the program, but it is a city-run program staffed by city staff. But they, the ones who have stayed there, would they have gone there from the Fred Victor Center? I guess that was a connection I was trying to make. Not trying to say that they've operated it. I don't want to get caught up in the minutiae, yeah. just so I understand I, this correctly, too. Yeah, it's almost all uh, recent refugee claimants right. in the Plaza Hotel, as I understand so it probably came through different referral pathways, obviously sometimes through agencies like Fred Victor. I think just to be absolutely clear, the confusion stems from the fact that the site was used for Fred Victor program while one of their uh, shelters for seniors women was being renovated. Okay, but where where this thing stands now, uh, yeah. unable to get anyone from the city, given this is actually a, a day off for municipal employees yeah. with uh, Remembrance Day. So although the city spokesperson who is quoted in one of the articles says city has not made up its mind on whether it should step in and attempt to buy the plaza, but what do you understand or what do you led to believe? Yeah, my understanding is that... Um the city did do a due diligence investigation into the property. Um, it's a large property, seven acres, uh, that which would be much too large for just one division um, to use, and, and the division that is responsible for shelters and supports. Uh, 
did work with some others to see if there was a strategic use of the space for the city and discovered or decided that the business case was not in favor of pursuing the property. That was my most recent uh, understanding. So it would appear then that the hotel's off the table altogether? For the city? Yes. Yes. Uh, That is, again, I'm not an official city spokesperson, but that is my understanding. Okay, so then in terms of what might happen, let's say the city says, you know what, thanks, but no thanks, we're not uh, putting our our money down for that, Uh, we're going to try other things. And uh, if another buyer uh, Mm -hmm. comes along, what happens to all those people there then? Is it is there a possibility they might have to, unfortunately, have to find uh, a roof over their, their heads elsewhere? Well, I think that's always a possibility, but there's two important contexts, I think, to think about. One is that these this is always meant to be a temporary place for refugee claimants, uh, and they're largely families, um, and the city is and all of us uh, in the community, who uh, homeless-serving community, are working to have a more permanent response to the refugee crisis or to for homeless uh, individuals and families experiencing homelessness. So we wouldn't want to set up the Plaza Hotel or any other hotel as a permanent place for the folks who are currently residing there. Um, and my understanding, too, is that, uh, as with any program, the city staff are in there working with people every day, uh, trying to uh, find housing solutions and, and other, you know, supports and services that a, a refugee claimant might be in need of. Um, and I know that about 4,000, 4,200 families have been permanently housed, refugee claimant families, since 2017, uh, when we really started to see the uptake in this current uh, uh, increase Situation. Of, of refugee families, right? Uh, refugee claimant and asylum seeker family people. So that's one context. Like, we don't want it to be permanent. Uh, the second is that, you know, depending on who buys the property, um, there's a contract I am at, like, that would be in place with the city for a certain period of transition. But even then, whatever the new buyer might want to do with the property, there's a process of um, planning, applying for permits. I mean, that's not my area of, my area of expertise, but you can all imagine a, a process that would take a few months before changes could be made. And if I were the owner, the new owner of the property, I would want to have the property generating revenue uh, by keeping, by allowing the families to stay and extending the contract with the city as a transition plan takes place. So I would, I think it would be very rare that we would suddenly see 500 families who've come to Canada seeking asylum <laughs> being turned out uh, on the street. Yeah, even if the city does not proceed to attempt to buy it and is not successful, if it even wants the uh, the hotel, uh, it, the city still always does look around to find other accommodations anyway. So it's not as if uh, this is a make or break for, for those approximately 500 individuals and families. Right. And again, as I said first, this, the goal is to find permanent housing, permanent homes for these people and families. And so that's a 
you know, those would be scattered across the city. It, it's the solution is not to find another large building somewhere and uh, transition everyone. I mean, there's it's a challenging context in that uh, asylum seekers and refugee claimants right now are coming, continuing to arrive in Toronto in greater numbers than a few years ago, and our emergency shelter system, our permanent emergency shelter system, is really not the wasn't designed to serve refugee claimants on this larger scale. And I know that the city is is exploring, again, in partnership with the community, a, a more responsive um, approach uh, that recognizes the unique circumstances of refugees, refugee claimants, apologies. Uh, and so even the fact that right now we're trying to respond through our emergency shelter system is a is a temporary situation. If you'd care to comment on the homelessness situation in Toronto, be it in regards to the Plaza Hotel and whether or not the city should attempt to purchase it, although it appears as if, uh, judging by what our guest is uh, pointing out, doesn't appear to be the case. What do you think should be done? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. This is a conversation with the two of us right now, but let's get you involved and get your take on it. You might even have a better idea than than both of us. Please give us a call. <laughs> Kira, um, then what about moving forward? Uh, looking at the big picture, as it were. Mm-hmm. How did we find ourselves in this position? How did the city find itself in this position? Or is it a case of not really pointing a finger at the city? It was just all of a sudden just being inundated and far too many people looking for help at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think you, we need to look at the last two, three decades of social policy from the federal government, provincial government, down policy that directed funding away from permanent housing, cooperatives, nonprofit housing, funding that or policy decisions that reduced uh, social assistance rates. You know, I'm sure most listeners are familiar with with this sort of trend over the last three decades, in which you then see an increase in people experiencing extreme poverty and a risk of homelessness, and then eventually experiencing homelessness. So you can't point the finger just at at the city or the current administration. Yeah. I think that we need overall as a community to really focus on what's required to end homelessness. And the shelter system, even the Plaza Hotel, um, though, again, I, I, I do want to stress it's a unique circumstance and that it's almost all refugee claimants uh, that are being served there. Uh, but, you know, say, for example, one of the larger shelters in Toronto, which would have a few hundred people in it uh, from all, you know, backgrounds and walks of life and, and things, um, we need to focus on what will it take to end homeless, their experience of homelessness and not managing it. And so increasing shelter spaces or, uh, you know, temporary uh, shelter is not the long-term solution. Obviously, we don't want to leave anyone out in the cold, right? We need to be able to have a response that keeps people safe and meets their immediate needs, but that response should stress and prioritize 
a return to housing uh, or a pathway to housing uh, set of services and supports. And that is increasingly happening. Um, and I guess another way to just put it quickly uh, or more succinctly is that even if the city could afford to buy the hotel or, you know, uh, other properties, I think we would argue, and, and I believe uh, and know from working with them, that they would agree that the more we can invest in housing solutions as opposed to shelter solutions, the better. Okay, Kira, and we have Kira Hynek, Executive Director of the Toronto Alliance to End Homelessness, Bob Comsick filling in for Libby's Nimer, Stephen from Parkdale, you'd like to weigh in. Good afternoon. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Good. You? All right. I'm just a bit confused about the issue. Okay. Are we talking about housing uh, for refugees, or are we talking about housing for our native population? Kira? Well, um, the both, no? issue we started with with the Plaza Hotel is, is really where we have recently arrived refugee claimants and asylum seekers. Um, oh. It's an interesting discussion, uh, Indigenous uh, uh, rights. No, by, by, by our Native people, I mean uh, Canadian uh, uh, people uh, that are homeless. Uh, I'm suggesting that, that, that if they're, if they're refugees, are we still uh, are they they can't because of the status of refugees, or can they be out looking for work and paying for the, their own way, or are we paying their shot? Well, I think again, most I uh, wouldn't can speak for every single case, but most of these folks have arrived very recently. They do not; they are still. Uh, processing their claims of asylum, which means that they do not have the legal ability to work uh, or um, pursue other things. So this is a process, a transition process to resolving their status. And most, as I said, 4,200 families were housed uh, in the last year and a half permanently and have gone on to, to, you know, support and fend for themselves. Um, so part of the confusion that we really need to tease out of this is what part of our system is trying to respond to a refugee situation, refugee claimant situation, and which part is responding or trying to respond to the more, what we more traditionally think of as uh, homelessness and emergency shelter uh, in Toronto. So, we're, you know, I think this is a learning uh, opportunity or a moment where we, the city and the community working with the city, will um, develop separate uh, programs and responses to these two very different groups of people. Stephen and Parkdale, does that answer your question, or do you have anything else you'd care to follow up? Yes. Well, well they're being transitioned. Uh, should we not maybe be transitioning them in a less expensive um, city than Toronto? So uh, we're, we're paying almost uh, uh, $2,000 for a one-bedroom apartment here in Toronto. Somewhere else they could be uh, going and having an apartment for $600. 
why, why, you know, why are we bringing them all to Toronto rather than, you know, elsewhere where we have a huge country? Yeah. I'm not an expert in the refugee process and uh, demographics of, of claimants across the country or the, or the right. province, uh, but I can say that there are other major entry cities um, that where uh, refugee claimants, asylum seekers, uh, will come. Uh, it's not just Toronto. It's not that we necessarily bring people here, but we are the largest city. You can understand why people would come here first, perhaps. Um, but it is all. It is the other thing that I think is really important in your comments, Stephen, is that in order to have the most robust and efficient uh, response, we do need a regional response, not just a city response. And um, I think, again, I'm not an expert, but my sense is that uh, people often do move out of the city uh, for reasons of affordability and and where work is, like you suggest. Uh, But that's up to them too, right? Once they're on their feet and to figure things out, but it's not a, there's no policy to bring or keep people in Toronto. Okay, Stephen, we'll have to let you go. Thanks for your call. And we have Kira Hynek, Executive Director of the Toronto Alliance to End Homelessness on Fight Back for this Monday. Bob Comsick sitting in for Libby Zneimer. And we'll have more on this right after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. And welcome back. We are dealing with a report that would seem to suggest City of Toronto might be looking at the Plaza Hotel in order to uh, to purchase it, in order to deal with the situation with uh, the hundreds of people who are there right now, asylum seekers as well as uh, homeless uh, families. But uh, our guest, who was joining us earlier, Kira Hynek from the Toronto Alliance to End Homelessness, if I understand correctly, in our uh, First portion of our discussion, Kira, that doesn't appear to be the case, or at least the city doesn't seem to be as keen as maybe that report would seem to uh, suggest, right? Yes, that's my understanding. Okay, we've got Merrick from Toronto who's been listening and did so, uh, waited patiently during the commercials there. Merrick, thanks for for your patience, and what would you care to contribute? Thank you. Uh, I'm alive. Yeah, you go ahead, Merrick. Okay, okay. okay. Um, I believe uh, there is um, a problem with the refuge accepting refugees as refugees, and later to finding them the employment and the housing. So I think uh, everybody is choosing, uh, for obvious reasons, to come to Toronto, which is a biggest um, place. It's the easiest way to find the employment. But I think we have to take into consideration that Ontario is a huge province. It's a lot of land, and there is a lot of municipalities. So if one refugee family could be relocated or located uh, in other smaller cities, it will be the congestion of the uh, Toronto problem. But I think it has to, that is, in my feeling, is that there is no communication line between the refugee board from the 
federal government, municipal and the province. So everybody's coming, they know the address, Toronto, and that's it. But they don't think about what problems are being created. Okay, Merrick, I think, yeah, I think we're getting the, the essence of your argument, which is the other levels of government should be, uh, should be doing something. Uh, Kira, I think you kind of alluded to that uh, earlier because there's, you know, it's such a big, complex picture which does involve so many levels of government, beginning with Ottawa. So it's not like, oh, it's a situation in Toronto. Uh, Toronto's got to deal with it. Uh, Toronto, basically, as any municipality, takes the the money that it's given and it generates and and tries to deal with so many things. So it's not like it's a Toronto problem, as you pointed out. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I I mean, again, um, I'm not a, my area of expertise is not uh, refugee climate policy or settlement immigration policy. Um, but I would agree with your summary uh, from our earlier conversation that this is a, it's a, we really need a integrated regional response, not just uh, one that is contained within the boundaries of the city of Toronto. Um, Toronto's a, a welcoming, caring city and and society and we, you know, I believe uh, want to do our part in, in helping people new to the country, especially those that are seeking asylum. You can imagine some of the, the situations that they are leaving behind them, and so we want to do that. But it's a, it, you know, for me, the interesting conversation is, that this sheds light on is our overall crisis of homelessness in the city, which is growing and. Um, this is an opportunity to highlight uh, what can be done with a housing response as opposed to a emergency shelter response. Kira Heinick, Executive Director of the Toronto Alliance to End Homelessness. Thank you for your time and your thoughts. Ah, that's it? Yep. Okay, well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I'm sure we know that homelessness is not going anywhere, so I'm sure uh, we'll speak again. Yes, I'd love an opportunity to talk about the solution. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Take care. You're listening to Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.